Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Inquiries and Theories. My name is Katrina Brown. I'm Marissa Swetland. And I'm Taylor Mark. And this week, we are going to be talking about the idea of a queer timeline. So what this is, just to give you a little bit of background, is the idea that throughout a person's life, or at least a romantic life, they have um, a series of milestones that they can just basically bet on hitting. And this is talking, of course, as always, about straight people, because that is the default which is a whole other topic that we can talk about. But um, so in straight people's lives, they have milestones like they meet their significant other, they date for a while, they get married, they have kids, they raise those kids. Um, Those kids are then grown up and they have other kids. And so then they have grandchildren and so on and so forth. And these are just kind of milestones and landmarks that they pass. And they can kind of, as a young adult, look forward in their life and say, these are things that I want to have happen for me in my life. And so we kind of today are going to be talking about the queer timeline and what that theory does is it takes that idea and flips it on its head and says, well, for queer people, it's not like that. We can't look ahead and say, these are landmarks that I am more or less guaranteed to pass. Um, Because for a long time, I know it's different now, but for a long time, queer people did not have the opportunity to get married. They couldn't have kids. And um, while that is a little bit different now, which we'll be talking about later, um, for a long time, it was just kind of you meet your significant other, you date for a while, and maybe you move in together. And that was about it. Even though there are still things that are in place today that are helping queer timelines be more similar to heterosexual timelines, there are still bumps and hurdles that are exist in the timeline that di- make it different from what is the default. And although regulations and laws have been passed to even the playing field, I think it's still safe to say that the queer timeline is still different than the straight timeline. Right. And I think um, that is something that's talked about in an article entitled The Best is Yet to Come, Relationship Stages and Processes Among Young LGBT Couples. It talks about how LGBT couples kind of use um, heterosexual couples as almost a script for their own life and how they modeled their own relationships off of that heterosexual timeline that they have seen through movies and culture and um, just all of these images that they have grown up with um, and kind of how that's okay to an extent, but there are certain problems that come with that. And a quote from that kind of talks about that. And Uh, Taylor's going to read that off for us. LGBT emerging adults may continue to form their sexual and gender identities and in the absence of relationship scripts for sexual and gender minorities may model their first partnerships after heterosexual relationships. And although these models may be positive ones, they're limited to the ability to guide the LGBT emerging adults when their relationships diverge or are not represented in a heterosexual script. So now let's talk about what are some ways that LGBT timelines can kind of diverge from those heterosexual timelines and what are some problems that can kind of happen when they try to use heterosexual timelines as a script for them what are some things that that doesn't really address i 
think the biggest one that's like different between the two scripts is the whole coming out having to identify because when you're straight like you don't have to like you know sit your parents down and be like hey I'm straight uh but that's something that you know if you identify within the uh, queer community like it's something that like you're almost socialized to have to do um and in the article developmental trajectories and milestones of lesbian gay and bisexual young people by uh rich Savin williams and kenneth cohen the most common recipient of like the first coming out for like both sexes so like men and women is a close female friend yeah like that, it, like really it's not parents like it's not like a sibling like it's just like your best girl friend and I just thought that was really interesting um and that's funny that we kind of talk about that because in Love, Simon which just recently came out um which is a movie based on a novel with a gay main character who like the whole plot is about him coming out it was like a tagline for the movie but that's actually something that's addressed in that movie the first person that he comes out to isn't his parents it's not um like any of his family it's a close female friend also the the idea of straight people not having to come out is another thing that the movie touches on it actually has scenes where simon is imagining in his head how his straight friends like how it would look if they had to come out to their friends or their family and it had kind of the re- the reactions of parents like in a world where, where straightness like, isn't the like, isn't the isn't the default exactly yeah so i think that's definitely a really important thing to to talk about and recognize that that is something that it's kind of uncharted territory for um, pretty much every gay person and hopefully it becomes more charted over time mm-hmm. um especially with you know more communication and more safe areas for gay people to talk and come together and talk about what it's like being gay and how how do you come out and especially with you know young people kind of being able to be more open about who they are and being able to have resources that they can seek out and say okay well I need help with this and it's it's not something to be ashamed of but how do I navigate this and I think that's yeah. something important to recognize and I feel like coming out is could potentially be like the hardest thing you have to do especially if you you know come from a family that isn't like accepting of it I know like I from a small town in Indiana and like it is like so taboo to be gay like just terrible and so like coming out was like really hard because I had this fear of like losing my friends and like losing my family but it's I think it's always better to be out than like to hide that part of you right right so um but going back to conflicts in general um I think it's also very hard to model your timeline to a timeline that isn't like your timeline if that makes sense so like it's hard to pretend to it's hard to follow the script of somebody who's not like you exactly so like although it's like queer timeline does overlap straight timelines eventually um you know the straight timeline like draws a lot from media and you know i feel lately like queer people couldn't do that because it's very isolating because media isn't made for queer people until recently because you know love simon just came out go see it go support it it was amazing go support it 
Uh, and there's actually just a movie that, and I forget what it's called, but it's about, like, this person, like, wakes up in, like, a different body every day. But, like, the girl oh, still, like, uh, yeah, I saw every that. Day every day is what it's called. Yeah, it's very I'm, interesting. Like, it does have a girl and girl kiss, which was, it was okay, but, you know, it's, everybody else was, like, attractive males yeah. that the girl, like, had to kiss. Like, oh, yeah. for you, it's I guess. Just, yeah, like, I'm like, that, like, there you go. Like, just you, when you fall in love with someone's soul and, like, not necessarily, like, their characteristics, like, I think that's really interesting. But, like, for the most part, like, media isn't made for queer people, like, like, you don't see the representation mainstream media, in mainstream media, yeah. yeah. So, like, you don't see, like, openly gay people on, like, TV shows, like... um your Ellen DeGeneres. Yeah, I was about to say, let's talk about this for a second. Like, that was revolutionary, like, when she came out, like, on the Ellen show. Like, she was recently just on a podcast, and they talked about it. And she said that she was terrified for her career. Like, um, the original, like, I think the show was just called Ellen. Um Okay, um... She was afraid that she was going to, like, lose her job and, like, all of this and have, like, all this backlash. But, like, it turned out to be, like, the best thing for her career because now, like, she's kind of, like, a spokesman for, like, the community and, like, right. she's, people are really receiving to it exactly. it's, like, known, refreshing. She's known for that and she's known for being proud of that and she's yeah. she really is an icon that people can look up to and can say, look at this, like, you can yeah. be out and be successful and be and love who you yeah. are and... No, she's she and Portia, I think is her wife's name, have yeah. been together for I have no idea how long, but I know it's been a really long time now. Yeah. And it's it's just kind of a testament that like you know It can work. It's, it's not different. Yeah. But like although like it's, okay. it's a little potentially harder and like you have to like go through like basically more bullshit to like right. just cut to it. That it can be done. Like, um I know like everyone's like oh, like, let's go talk about Ellen when we talk about queer. But, like, I really do think that she plays, like, a huge role in, like, the, you know, modern queer things that we're seeing. So going along with this idea of queer timelines, how we need to talk about how does that look like now versus in the past? Because I know for a long time you couldn't get married. You couldn't adopt kids. So kind of especially here in the U.S., legally, let's talk about what that looks like in kind of some, some of these landmarks that have happened, I know, especially recently. Um, So in terms of marriage equality, I know just recently here in 2015, that was legalized. June 26th, there was a Supreme Court ruling in Obergefell versus Hodges, um, which ruled that it was unconstitutional for there to be bans on same-sex marriage. Um, And that is, that was the first time that it had ever been ruled Federally, I know that there were states before that who mm-hmm. had ruled that gay marriage was legal, the, with the first one being Massachusetts yeah. in 2004. Uh-huh. So now, while it is legal for gay people to get married, there are still challenges that they have to face in terms of, you know, everyone knows about the wedding cake um, controversy. Yeah, you know, well, I don't want to bake you a cake because you're gay. Well, okay, f*** you, it's a cake. I can go it, somewhere else, yeah. I guess. But, like like still um so yeah so um so like we said in 2004 massachusetts was the first state to legalize same-sex marriage and then um california followed suit closely after that in 2008 but um you know i still think that the queer timeline has like a long ways to go to like be fully 
parallel to the straight um, timeline because there's still, although it's, like, federally recognized, like, you still have to deal with, like, all the bullshit of, like, closed-minded people. And then you still get, like, hatred and, like, all this and all that. And then on top of that, when, you know, you try to advance your timeline and you try to, like, expand your family, you know, a common way that queer people do this is through adoption. But recently in Texas and five other states actually have um, adopted, like, a similar policy. Um, So essentially this bill allows um, faith-based organizations in Texas to essentially deny placing a child with LGBTQ plus parents. So even though, you know, the marriage is legal, they're still being denied rights to adopting a child. Which is not even evening the playing field at all. Which, yeah, is an example of a regulation that makes it hard to have the gay timeline emerge with the straight timeline because, you know, straight people don't face that problem. So just to make everybody aware really quick, according to an article on the, a- on the ACLU's website, which cites um, the American Psychological Association, as of right now, there's no evidence that suggests that lesbian and gay men are unfit to be parents and that home environments with lesbian and gay parents, they are likely to support a child's development as those with heterosexual parents. Um, there's no evidence to suggest that children of lesbian and gay parents are less intelligent, suffer from more problems, are less popular, or have lower self-esteem than children of heterosexual parents. So there really is no scientific basis for a law such as this one. It really is just religious, and that's kind of an, this is an issue of, um, intolerance, uh, well, intolerance for one, and and separation of church and state, because Mm -hmm. this is religious views interacting with state-funded adoption policies Mm -hmm. so that is just kind of i feel a a valid point to make and again that's um from the american psychological association so essentially in conclusion a timeline is milestones that you're expected to hit within your life so that would be you know finding the person you want to spend the rest of your life with and marrying them and having babies with them and you know essentially eventually eventually becoming grandparents and um it's safe to say that the straight type the straight timeline is much easier to a hold than a successful uh queer timeline because of all laws that are constantly being passed and making it that much harder to have a successful queer uh relationship in america all right, everybody. Thank you for so much for listening to this week's uh, podcast for Inquiries and Theories. My name is Katrina Brown. I'm Marissa Swatland. And I'm Taylor Mark. See you next week.